All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Here's your host, Frank Saravalli. What's up, everybody? It's a Tuesday, December 7th edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. We're streaming live on dailyfaceoff.com, Twitter, and, of course, YouTube. He's Mike McKenna, former National Hockey League goaltender and now Daily Faceoff analyst. Mike, what's up? How you doing, man? Oh, good, man. Just living, you know, watching hockey left and right. I've been on my skates, I think, five out of the last six days. I thought when I retired that was going to be over, Frank, but <laughs> it's not the case. Back in the blades. So do you, are, you're not donning the pads at all. I know you you were playing a little bit in some alumni games and the, the skate with the blues, but more just, you know, skating out, some coaching stuff? Yeah, a little bit of both. I actually did put the pads on this weekend. I had a chance to skate with a friend of mine's, his stepdaughter's team at a practice and they needed a goalie. And so I stepped in, but I had the caveat. I said, you know what? My daughter, she'd really like to come out. So my eight-year-old daughter had the chance to shoot some pucks on me, score some goals. She did bury a few. It's just really cool daddy-daughter time. So, yeah, man, good weekend like that. Love that. we got a lot to get to on the show today. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock, and let's drop the puck with this. The Vancouver Canucks look a little bit like a different team, for one game at least, the first game under Bruce Boudreaux. And I think, Mike, what stood out to me is you listen to Bruce Boudreaux in his press conference, so positive, um, so excited to get behind a bench, a Canadian bench for the first time in his NHL career. And he said one of the, the first things he did was skate up to Brock Besser at the morning skate and say, hey, you know what? Remember that time you scored two goals against us when I was in Minnesota? Get back to being that guy. All of a sudden you go out 
Game one, Brock Besser scores the first goal of the game for the Vancouver Canucks. It is, you know, obviously the math is hard for the Canucks to make up, Mike, but is there hope for the Canucks and, and Vancouver in terms of how the rest of this season plays out? Well, I don't think there's any hope for playoffs. That's a huge, huge hill to climb. I don't know who they think they could potentially leapfrog uh, sitting in the Western Conference. I mean, uh, are they going to get past Calgary, Edmonton, Vegas, Anaheim? Probably not. A wild card chance? I don't know. I just think, though, for the Canucks at this point, it's trying about trying to salvage the season and try to build forward. I mean, if they can get in the playoff hunt, great. But if not, what Bruce Boudreaux did when you're talking about Besser, it's exactly what has to happen. He's got to sit down with all those players, make them feel good about themselves, find out what makes them tick. Go to Elias Pettersson, have 40 coffees with him in the morning, and really dig in on why these players had something that was missing. That positive culture is going to go a long way. I mean, Bruce Boudreaux, we all love him as an analyst when he's doing things on TV, but he's a coach. He's made to coach. And that's going to help that team. He's a, he's a type of guy who will run with his players, with his veterans, with his strongest elite players, and usually gets the most out of them. So if nothing else, it's a breath of fresh air in Vancouver. And Frank, how, how funny slash cool was it at the end to hear Bruce, there it is being chanted yeah. by the crowd. I mean, like, I don't, I don't, I don't like dunking on anybody, Travis Green and everybody else, but it's just, you can tell there's just a new feeling there. It's they're rejuvenated fans and the players. Yeah, they haven't had a lot to cheer for. So I, I think that's, mm -hmm. you know, you hear Bruce, there it is. And, and also just the, the meme King, he surfaces back on social media again, <laughs> uh, getting up from his press conference. If you saw it on social media, you know what I mean? Uh, certainly a, a, an interesting thing, but, you know, going back to, uh, to Besser, and you mentioned Pedersen. He said Besser was his first target on Monday, goes out and scores a goal. He said he was going to dig in with Pedersen, uh, you know, today or starting after the game. So we'll see what kind of magic Bruce Boudreaux can work. And certainly he's worked some magic with his stars and his teams, uh, getting the most out of them. Number of first place finishes off the table for this season. We'll see what kind of turnaround, yeah, he can have with uh, the Vancouver Canucks. It did not go as well, Mike, for Mike Yo in his debut as head coach behind the bench of the Philadelphia Flyers, giving up seven to the Colorado Avalanche, two nights in a row in their own building, giving up seven. What are you seeing from the Flyers, and how long does this experiment last with Mike Yo as the interim? Yeah, I'm not seeing enough effort. I'm not seeing enough care level right now. To allow seven goals against in two games straight, there's something missing in that locker room. Somebody's got to care enough to not let that go on. I mean, allowing seven goals in a National Hockey League game is bad enough, but twice in a row, allowing 50 shots against, I mean, the Flyers are back to hanging their goalies out just like they did last season. You know, Carter Hart's had a good year. Martin Jones has hit a, a resurgent year. Are they going to waste that? Can they finally get it together and play some defense in front of their goaltenders? And stop laying the blame on them. For Mike Yo, I think what it really comes down to is this next month leading up to the holiday roster freeze. If the Flyers can play better hockey, if they can start to look like a competent team on the ice, I do think there's a way that he sticks around for the rest of the season. Right now, I'm not confident in that. I think it really matters in this next 8 to 10 games, like I say, leading up to holidays, whether we're going to see Mike Yo coaching the Flyers in 2022.
Yeah, and uh, look, this is also a really busy stretch for the Flyers and their schedule. Back-to-back games and those losses, the seven spots that we just talked about, but they've in a stretch of five games in seven days. So I don't think any sort of permanent coaching change is going to come during that stretch, and it seems quite clear that with his track record, Chuck Fletcher working with Mike Yo for parts of five seasons in many that uh, there's a trust factor there. So we'll see how long that goes on. Mike, you, you know, we talk about the math for the Vancouver Canucks and how it's going to be almost impossible to overcome. Does the same truth exist for the Flyers? Is it too late already? Or is there a way in your in your mind that they can claw their way out in the Metro? No, I think there's still a way for Philly. I mean, they're, you're sitting nine points out and in the Metro, you've got some space to get back to, but I'm not sure. I, I think that this is a division that's, got teams that can move an awful lot up and down. Now, I don't see Pittsburgh dropping off at all. You're going to get Malcolm back eventually. They're getting closer to healthy. But Columbus, where are they going to be? New Jersey, I mean, I think Philly has a chance to maybe make some waves. Again, I don't think they're going to make playoffs. I'd be very surprised to see that turnaround. But I also remember two seasons ago, they went on a huge run towards the end of the year and almost pulled it off. So I wouldn't count them out. They've got skill. Uh, they need Ellis back. They need Hayes back for that to happen. It's going to be a hard path, though. I would be very surprised if the Flyers make playoffs. Yeah, lots of questions for Chuck Fletcher in terms of looking at that roster after making so many changes in the offseason. We'll see how all of that unfolds. Still dealing with the fallout, Mike, from the Winnipeg Jets and Toronto Maple Leafs clashing on Sunday. You had Neil Pionk suspended for two games for kneeing to start off the entire melee uh, Wayne Simmons, of course, gets fined for cross-checking, but the hearing today for Jason Spezza for his follow-up retaliatory knee to the head of Pionk, what do you see in terms of a suspension from the Department of Player Safety? What are you thinking? What's the right number of games? Well, it's not very often that anybody has a meeting in person like this or or virtually like we're doing them now. Yeah. Zoom. The, the old in-person like... via Zoom. It's an oxymoron <laughs> yes. if I've ever heard it, but yeah. Exactly. Uh, your chance to speak to a human being face-to-face, let's say that. It's not going to be less than five games. I think that's what it comes down to. These, these never end up being less than five. Six games, maybe. Five, six, seven? I doubt that. Um, but... You know, Jason Spezza is a guy who really plays with his heart on his sleeve. I've been his teammate before. I loved playing alongside him. He's passionate. He he knows more about the game than just about anybody. He got carried away in this instance, and he targeted Pionk after the knee-on-knee hit that Pionk put onto his teammate Rasmus Sandin. I think it's worthy of at least five. I would go six. Need ahead on a vulnerable position, uh, a vulnerable player who, who wasn't ready to receive a hit in any way, and Spezza was targeting him. So I'm sure he feels bad about having the head contact, but retribution comes in many forms. I think Spez is going to probably be looking at six games from the league. Yeah, I think it's right around five. As a guy, as you mentioned, doesn't have a long rap sheet or record. <laughs> but, you know, I can't help but think, Mike, how this all might have been avoided had the referee simply called the original kneeing penalty on Pionk that, you know, right. we, we don't see the players feel like they need some vigilante justice to, to – to get retribution on Pionk for taking out Sandine. So for me, um, you know, I, I certainly think the referees are a bit culpable here, but in that case, that doesn't absolve Spezza from the hit that he ultimately laid when you see Pionk going down and he still lines him up and then ducks down to make sure that he gets him just right. 
Um, yeah. You know, certainly put Pionk in a bad spot, and now Spezza has put himself in a bad spot, likely going to miss some time here. The hearing with the Department of Player Safety, Mike, is scheduled to take place this afternoon, so we'll likely hear some kind of result uh, this evening at some point. We'll keep an eye on that, and the Dallas Stars, Mike, they're making me look bad. I had said <laughs> just before Thanksgiving, cooked but not burnt. And that was because of the spot that they were in. I, I did say it, I got to say, with a little bit of a caveat in that they were coming off their best win of the season at the time that I said it, shutting down the Edmonton Oilers, playing Connor McDavid and holding him off the score sheet for the first time all season, ending his point streak. But the Stars have been red hot. Seven straight wins, eight wins in a row at home at the American Airlines Center. So, you know, what do you, you know, what are you seeing from the Stars that's been different to this point? Well, you touched on one thing. When the Stars shut down Connor McDavid, a big part of that was Miro Heiskanen. He's been phenomenal for the Stars. He doesn't get the accolades of a Makar or a Fox, other defensemen in the league that are in the Norris Trophy uh, range right now because his point totals aren't quite there. But Heiskanen has been phenomenal for the Stars. He's a big reason. But the big turnaround really was a closed-door meeting that the Stars had after a bad loss to the Nashville Predators on November 10th. They sent down Blake Colmo to the American Hockey League, which really shook things up in the locker room. They've been 9-1 and one since then. And the big catalyst for it, besides Heiskanen, they've had good goaltending, but it's really been Rope Hens. Ten goals in ten games for the Ace of Spades, my old buddy from the American Hockey League. His line, we're calling him the Pavelski and Sons. Okay, this is coined by broadcaster Brian Ray and his wife Ashley. The Pavelski and Son line. Joe Pavelski, Jason Robertson, Rope Hints. They have been red hot carrying the Dallas Stars, and they've also gotten really solid secondary scoring Jamie Ben's in the mix. Andrew, uh, Radulov's advanced numbers have been phenomenal. He's starting to heat back up. So uh, they've been tighter defensively. They've been more aggressive on the penalty kill. It's really just all starting to click in Dallas. All right, you got to tell me quickly, what the heck is the ace of spades and how did he get that nickname? Rope has a tattoo on his left forearm of the ace of spades on cards. I can't even remember his reasoning for it, but we started to call him ace of spades. And every time he scores now in Dallas, they play motorhead ace of spades. So... Little shout out to Lemmy, miss you, but uh, that's that's why he's the ace of spades. I don't know if he loves it or not, but it lives on in Dallas infamy. Yeah, I love that. The, those types of stories are what make hockey awesome. And by the way, we'll get to the blue paint in a second, but certainly a situation to keep an eye on with Ben Bishop going to the AHL on a conditioning stint that would ultimately, if Ben Bishop can get healthy, leave the Stars with four NHL goaltenders, Bishop, Hudobin, Holtby and Ottinger. Uh, certainly their goaltending has been a strong suit as they've been on this run. Let's take a deeper dive into that goaltending with another edition of the Blue Paint. All right, Mike, it's time for the Blue Paint. Let's dive in and have some nerdy goaltending talk. Uh, Got to start with the Boston Bruins. Is Tuka Rask the best e-bug of all time? He practices <laughs> with the team this week, uh, certainly filling in as an emergency guy, uh, not under contract, of course, as he works his way back from his injury. But Tuka Rask isn't just practicing just to practice, is he? No. And Frank, we all know that. I mean, I'm the best e-bug of all time. Come on, man. Don't sell me <laughs> short. I'm going to get a little hubris on the show here. But to be serious, uh, no. 
Tuka Rask isn't just going out there to practice and have a good time. This is a guy who's coming off a major injury that obviously is thinking that he wants to play this year. He wouldn't be on the ice if he didn't have that thought process. And I think for the Boston Bruins, this is a team that could really use him. Their identity without him is just different. Okay, Jeremy Swayman has been up and down this season, hot and cold streaks, 918 save percentage on the year, but not quite what they're used to. Look at Rask's career save percentage, 921. Take a team to the Stanley Cup Finals. He's been as consistent of a goaltender in the National Hockey League as anybody over the last decade and a half. Linus Olmark hasn't quite done what the team wanted. So I look at a team like Boston. They're four points out of a playoff spot. I have to think with Tuka Rask, they may be right at that edge of playoffs. I think going forward, they'd really like to have him. And I think Rask wants to be there. It's just a matter of when he's ready. Yeah, and I guess the the other part of it is with such a long layoff, there's no guarantee that the Tuka Rask that you get is the same guy that put up the 921 save percentage. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, speaking of injury, Igor Shesterkin uh, goes down for the New York Rangers. They're confident that he can be back in about a week's time, so somewhere towards the end of this week. But can the Rangers keep winning without Shesterkin in net? Well, it makes me nervous, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Alexander Georgiev going into this season was viewed probably not in the same light as just Jerkin, okay, but still thought of as a very real prospect of being a number one goalie in the National Hockey League. You know, even a year or two ago, there was talks about, hey, Toronto might go after Georgiev, teams that were looking for somebody with some upside. Well, the numbers bear out a stark difference so far this year's this season. Shostyurkin's over, taken over the net. He's been, in my eyes, I think Shostyurkin's been the best goalie in the National Hockey League this year, uh, and Georgiev has not. Okay, he's 3-1-1, one, and one, but the statistics aren't great. I do think Georgiev is a lot better than what those traditional numbers show, but the advanced analytics don't back it up either. I wonder if he's pressing too hard. This is going to be a good task for Georgiev to get his game back on track because for the rest of the season, the Rangers will need two goaltenders. And But, man, you really just hope that this injury to Sestjurkin, like they say, Gerard Gallant said, we don't think it's as bad as it looked or as bad as it could have been. So you're hoping weak. Maybe two weeks, just Jurkin's back, but you definitely don't want it to linger because Georgiev's got to be better for the Rangers. Yeah, an awkward situation as well because I had mentioned that Alexander Georgiev, I had reported back in the summer that wasn't exactly a formal trade request, but he had let the New York Rangers know, hey, I want an opportunity to play. Well, now mm -hmm. he gets one, and I'd assume if he plays well that it's going to create further opportunities for him potentially elsewhere, but he's got to take advantage in order to get himself there. Let's talk about Andre Vasilevsky, uh, you know, perennially one of the best goaltenders in the league. Mike, have you noticed a trend? Is he a guy that gets better as the season goes along? Yeah, it seems to be the case. You know, after after Tampa Bay won their first Stanley Cup a couple of seasons ago, they didn't start the season well, and Vasilevsky didn't either. He has been something of a slow starter on occasion previously in his career. But what's funny about it is that we say a slow starter. Okay, his first nine games this season, he was allowing two and a half goals a game, like two and a half goals against a game, which is pretty good league-wide. But that's not the level you expect from Andre Vasilevsky. He is the pinnacle. He's what everybody looks to as the top goalie in the league. When people are doing early voting on the on the Vezina Trophy, he gets votes purely because of his name. But look at his last 10 starts. 7-2-1, under two goals against, 
His save percentage is right back where it traditionally is in 936. That's even higher than what he usually finishes at in the 920s. But it does show that his game builds over time. The more he starts to play, the better he gets. And also Tampa Bay, man, they've played a lot of hockey. They've won two cups in a row. You kind of ease your way into things when you're in that position because you know by the end of the season you'll be there. I just think that Vasilevsky is right back now to being the beast that he always is come playoff time and leading up to it. Sometimes he starts slow, but I tell you what, they're going to need a little help too. I'm not sure he can play every single game down the stretch. Brian Elliott's played at a minimal amount. He's going to need a few more starts to be able to make sure Vasilevsky's got plenty of energy come playoff time. By the way, that's potentially bad news for everyone else at the Olympics with Vasilevsky heating up Team Russia if the NHL players go or whatever you call the Russian Olympic contingent now. Uh, you know, he could certainly, no one's mentioned them as a, a gold medal candidate, but he could uh, certainly throw things up on its head in a short yeah. tournament. So, Mike, thanks a lot. This has been another edition of The Blue Paint. Speaking of the Olympics, it's time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag AskDFO. The IIHF announcing on Tuesday, Mike, that yes, Team China is going to participate in the Olympics in the host spot. There's been lots of consternation. You know, should we sub out the Chinese Olympic team, which probably can't even compete with some KHL teams? What should we do here? Should we put Norway in that spot? Either way... The IHF confirming on this day that Team China will be participating in the Olympics and they're going to be in Group A as was always planned with Canada, Team USA, and Germany. So uh, certainly some tough sledding ahead. My question to you, good idea or bad idea? This is a bad idea. I mean, China's going to get waxed. Like, and it's going to be ugly. Okay, we can all try to look back to 1980 and think Herb Brooks is going to be resurrected to coach the Chinese team and make them compete at a level that's not a 10 to 1 loss every game. They're going to get absolutely killed in this Olympics. And I don't know whether this is a money play or an emotional play that the host, host country has to have a team involved. But like, Norway is a team that is on the rise in terms of at least being competitive. Like you've got players, you know, Zuccarello, you've got others who can play the game at a high pace. And I just don't know, man. I don't like the participation factor purely based on hosting. I just don't. I never even liked that with the Memorial Cup in Canada. I always thought it was kind of a cheesy way to get into the biggest tournament in major junior hockey. So I don't like the optics of it. I think there's teams out there that deserve to be in the Olympics. I don't think China deserves to be there because they haven't won their way into anything. But money, emotions, whatever. I guess it all talks, doesn't it, Frank? Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone out there is saying this is a good idea. Um, but I, I think <laughs> when you look at it, there's... China is a country with a lot of pride, too. So this is their home games. This is their national indoor stadium that the games are being played in. And I think the fact that they're even icing a team is kind of somewhat impressive in and of itself, given you know where the state of hockey was in that country 10 years ago. So, yeah, they're going to get whacked. Uh, I'd love to see what the spread is going to be set by the bookmakers. Is it 10 goals? Is it 12 goals? You know, at some point, you know, Canada and the U.S. are going to have to institute a make five passes before you score rule like we do with our 
our might hockey teams here when we get a blowout. But, um, you know, I don't know. I'll still watch. Uh, so we'll yeah, see what happens. We're going to have so, to get Tyler on the puck line for us. He'll be able to let us know what we need to do when it comes <laughs> betting-wise. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, that what a segue by you. Uh, let's bring in Tyler Uremchuk for our daily face-off best bets of the day. Tyler, what would you set the spread at between Canada and China in the Olympic round-robin games? Well, the big factor would be, is there any incentive for Canada, right? Like, what if there's a situation where for the tiebreakers, they need to win by like 19 goals or something, then you're probably just setting the spread at like 19 goals. But if it was like, you're you know, an early game in the tournament, billion. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, 10, 12, somewhere in that range, I think is what the spread would have to be. I'd love to know what Connor McDavid's point total over under is as well in that hockey game. I mean, he could put up six, seven points just on his own. Uh, but let's dig into what's going on around the NHL tonight, courtesy of our friends over at Points. But I got three plays, so I'll be quick with them here. Starting out with the Florida and St. Louis matchup, where the total is set at six. The over's paying minus 121, and I like that spot. I hit an over-under last night, so I'm feeling good here. Each of these teams has had at least six goals scored in four of their last five games. And uh, it hasn't been confirmed yet between the pipes, but I believe it's going to be Ville Husso and potentially Sergei Bobrovsky for Florida. Each of those two goalies, if they are the starters, they've allowed three or more goals in four straight starts. So the goalies have been great for those two sides. They combined to hit the over a couple of days ago. I like them to do it once again here. My second play is a late game tonight. The San Jose Sharks hosting the Calgary Flames. And I like the Calgary Flames to not just win, but I'm getting a little greedy here. I'm taking them in regulation. The Flames are 11-3 and 2 on the road. 5-5 and 0 is the Sharks record on home ice. So you got a great road team. An average home team. Sharks are towards the bottom third of the league in goals scored as well. And we know how good the Flames goaltending and defense has been. Flames are 7-2-1 in their last 10. I like I got them for a regulation win at plus 110 today. And finally, my daily player prop is Victor Hedman to pick up an assist. It's paying minus 105 over at points bet. And it's hitting four straight. He's got 21 apples on the year. He logs a ton of minutes. We all know that. But he's also anchoring their power play unit, that top power play unit. And the Habs have been pretty bad on the penalty kill. So I like Hedman to grab an assist, Calgary in regulation, Florida-St. Louis over six goals. And those are my three plays for tonight, Frank. A juicy three-play night. And by the way, you love it when Tyler picks the over uh, in the Colorado-Philly game. Colorado hits that themselves. Don't need to sweat at all. So certainly a nice little bonus play on Monday night. Let's hit you with a couple quick hits before we hop into garbage time. The Toronto Maple Leafs announced today that Mitch Marner will miss three to four weeks with his shoulder injury. And Mike, the Buffalo Sabres, Uko Pekko Lukanen, one of the best names in the National Hockey League. He gets his first start of the season for the Sabres. This is the eighth goaltender that the Sabres are trotting out under Don Granato in just a, not even a close to a full season, just about 50 games. So they're in need of a, a netminder, Malcolm Subban, they grabbed from future considerations from the Hawks last week. He is uh, hurt as well. So uh, that's a situation to monitor. But Mike, garbage time. What's got you excited? What's caught your eye? Well, I've got something that's kind of sentimental this week. And I think about how you know, there was a memo sent out recently that now NHL teams are not going to be participating in any holiday community appearances and you know, due to COVID and trying to make sure that there's any limitation of spread and i tell you what it, it's it's a time of year where i think hockey players in general really realize the difference they make in the communities that they play in 
And it's a big bummer to not be able to have that. And especially for the people in those communities. You know, I, I think think back to a couple of years ago when I was in Ottawa and we go to visit a, a hospital, visit the children that are in there leading up to the Christmas time. And, you know, I don't think every player wants to go do those things. I, I don't think they're easy for a lot of players. But once you get there and you see the smiles, it becomes contagious. And when you walk outside of that hospital, you feel better about yourself. You know you've brightened somebody's day. And I think it just speaks to the greater role that we play in pro sports and as athletes. And I don't know, man, I'm just I'm, I'm bummed that those things can't happen right now uh, and haven't been able to happen for some time, because I think that's one of the aspects of our game that makes it really unique. Uh, and it's something that when you look back at your career, you're really proud of those moments. So hopefully, you know, in the future we can get back to it. But for this year, yet again, you know, just kind of a, a somber reminder of where everything is in the world. Yeah, Mike, as soon as we think we're getting towards some normalcy, kind of get snapped back a little bit, a little bit of a reminder that COVID's here, not going anywhere. And a lot of these regulations still in place for the safety of all. Just a shame that we can't, uh, you know, hopefully some teams have found a way to virtually make some days mm -hmm. brighter as well as we get around the holidays. Mike, well said by you. That's all the time that we have for today's show. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the NHL. Mike, we'll talk to you again on Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition right here at 12 noon Eastern. Talk to you then. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. But there's more. You gotta decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount, and that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's gonna find the back of the net first, and you're gonna wanna be careful, because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you gotta predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.